0: We were looking to help in terms of food insecurity in the city. The generosity of restaurant and food industry in New York City was really overwhelming. Not only did we reach out to people, but people contacted us for ways to help. That was very inspiring. Welcome to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods the nation's first podcast devoted to the business and lifestyle of the hospitality industry. Now, here's your host, Woolco Foods CEO,
1: Stephen Toberoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. I am your host, Stephen Toberoff, and today I'm really very much looking forward to my guests and the conversation we're going to have because I think One of the most important and meaningful things we can do in life is to have an impact for the positive on other people and on the community. And I think in the hospitality industry in general, that's something that people really pride themselves on. And so for me to have an opportunity to speak to my guests who have such a phenomenal position with such a great organization is a great honor for me. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guests I have Danielle Bloomstein, who is the Director of Outreach and Engagement for the Imagine Society, and along with her is one of their youth leaders, Daleen De La Cruz. So ladies, thank you both for taking the time to speak with me today. I very much appreciate it. Thank you,
0: Stephen. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm
1: excited. So what I think would make sense, and you guys can sort of We'll just have a conversation and you guys will contribute as you see fit. But I think what I'd like to do first, is starting with Danielle and then we'll go to Daylene, is Danielle, if you would just tell me a little bit about yourself and then about the Imagine Society, or you could go in the other way as well. But we'd love to have you share uh, with our audience what the Imagine Society is, and how you came to be uh, involved with them. And then we'd love to hear from Daylene, how she got involved, and, and a little bit about her background and what she does as youth leader.
0: Great. Yes, I'd be happy to. So the Imagine Society was created in 2018. And the original and our, still our mission is to unite the youth community from various socioeconomic, cultural, and religious backgrounds in celebrating and encouraging service and volunteerism. And when it started in 2018, we really were focusing on outreach and finding other like-minded youth groups and organizations and communities. And we would have events where we would have these kids come and kind of mix them up and talk about challenges and problems that they were seeing in the community and the society around them and kind of helping to empower their voice, whether it is poverty or police relations, like what was affecting their community and what were some ways that they could think about helping the situation, whether it would be something that they could do as a young person or whether they could point to things that they thought the community as a whole could help. And what was great was we had these events and we would have these diverse groups and we would mix them. So each kid would kind of hear and experience a point of view different from their own. And we would often have service components to each of these events, whether it would be we did like a basket for the Bahamas after a hurricane there, we would do drives For food pantry. So there was a service component, but also it was to kind of open up discussion and also to highlight at these events if there was a youth group doing something that could be celebrated in terms of service. And then, as we've all kind of experienced, the pandemic really changed a lot of things for everybody. And what was interesting was the pandemic caused this evolution in the imagined society that actually allowed it to grow beyond the borders that it originally had in its inception and nothing was in person and everything is all of a sudden virtual and every everybody was looking for connections in a different way and also looking for ways to help looking for ways to connect it almost allowed us to grow across the country, and then also ultimately across several countries across the globe. And what happened was it evolved the organization to really create new ways for the youth community to express themselves and to fulfill service. Now, unfortunately, the pandemic caused a lot of new challenges for people in our communities. You know, we saw a lot of food insecurity. We saw, you know, a growing unhoused crisis in New York City and, and health, you know, medical inequality and inequity. So while these new challenges arose, we also, parallel to that, had kids who were already being involved in service took the reins, which was quite exciting, took the reins and saw these challenges arise and found ways to help and found ways to communicate and to spread information so that other people became aware of the situations and ways to help, which was quite exciting. So Mm. the organization really evolved in a way that I don't think anyone anticipated. And myself, I've been like, I couldn't be more proud and excited about the new things that we're doing and the new ways that we're finding ways to service and outreach and have the youth community involved.
1: As I'm listening to you, Danielle, what I love about what you're saying is you're achieving two extremely important objectives at the same time. One is you're getting young people engaged and therefore It's a great benefit to them to be able to, as young people, have a positive impact and learn the responsibilities and overcome challenges associated with achieving an objective. But then there's the additional benefit of the positive impact and and relief that you're providing in whatever community or whatever segment of a community that you're seeking to address. So I I, I love that. It's achieving two objectives simultaneously.
0: Yeah. And also, I think the other really special thing is, you know, it was the organization was originally started by three mothers who had their children going through, like, you know, either it's confirmation or bar bat mitzvah, there's always a service component. And they saw their kids really enjoying it and realized after that milestone's been achieved, who else is encouraging the service mentality? So it was an effort to kind of pick up where those those milestones leave off. And also, it was. I think we can all agree, if we really want to enact change for the better, it's by building in young people the ability to become involved and invested and aware when they become adults. That can, you, know, get, you know that can help, which is what's so exciting. Absolutely. Because, you know, I, I feel like i often times in my mind I feel very close to being a child, you know, and a young person and you'd feel like your voice doesn't matter. And being able to show that not only does your voice matter, but actually you could do something to help is just incredible to see kids engage in that.
1: I can totally relate to what you're saying. I still feel like I have the same mindset that I did when I was (laughs) 10 years old, and I've got three kids, all of whom are well over that age. I think you're so right. You know, um, Like with anything else in society, social media, can be an enormous positive. It can also be something that creates challenges. And when I look at your guys' social media and what you're doing, it's so inspiring. And to get young people involved in service as a foundational part of who they are as they enter adulthood is awesome. I would love to know, Daylene, if you would, how did you get involved with the Imagine Society? And what has been your favorite part or what challenge or initiative that you took on that you found the most rewarding thus far?
0: Okay, so I'm a part of a youth group called the Spirit Squad, and it's a bunch of youth leaders led by Robin Kluber. As Danielle was saying, the Imagine Society will hold events where you would mix between different youth groups. So we would connect there, and that's how I first found out about them. And I really like the engagement and the different topics you spoke about. And then the Imagine Society started volunteering in our homeless shelter. So we would cook for homeless men, a part of a specific group, every Saturday once a month. So they started, they came in and they helped us. And that's how I first started getting to know everyone from the Imagine Society. So I felt like the most rewarding part has been the engagement after the homeless shelter, the pandemic happened. So we've just been participating together in between food pantries. And I feel like the diversity, as Danielle was emphasizing, has been really the most cherishing part of it all. It's amazing mm. how much different age groups and different backgrounds can really connect to try to make a difference in this world, even if it's not the most, the biggest one, but it's still something, you know, a little goes a long way. So Absolutely.
1: Yeah. As I'm listening to both of you, I'm reminded and I'm thinking about my parents. And I was so blessed to have parents that really were extremely empathetic and giving people. And I would remember, I could tell many stories of just them helping other people, thinking about other people. And instilling in that in me in a young age was such a blessing. It's been so enriching for my life and has given it meaning. It's something I try to do with my children as well, and I I think it's so important and so valuable just for the individual. Now, Danielle, one of the the ways that we came to know one another is you were doing some work for regarding food insecurity, and I think food insecurity Mm -hmm. for people was probably the phenomenon that came out of the past 18 months that really hit me and bothered me the most because you saw individuals who had never Mm -hmm. been to a food bank before in their lives forced into Mm -hmm. that situation. And I really felt that had it not been for individuals and organizations stepping up, that it would have been absolutely tragic. I mean, we were going back to soup kitchens like the Great Depression and, and there was nothing. So my question is, I understand the mission of the Imagine Society in terms of engaging the youth. How do you determine what projects or challenges you focus on? You've got the youth, they're engaged, you want to have an impact. What are some of the thoughts or approaches you have as you determine what type of impact you want to have, whether it's with food insecurity, housing? What Mm -hmm. sort of guides that decision-making? Well,
0: first I want to say before I address that, that during the, you know, I know a lot of your guests and your work in a food industry, that I just want to say that during the pandemic, when we were looking to help in terms of food insecurity in the city, the generosity of restaurant and food industry in New York City was really overwhelming. Not only did we reach out to people, but people contacted us for ways to help. That was very inspiring. And I just thank everyone that has helped over the years and the months. But when we look for service events, it's very important that there is always a youth component. I think what makes the Imagine Society so special is, you know, there's a lot of really wonderful nonprofits and organizations out there that provide services, whether it be food or medical or education. But we uniquely have not only events that are, you know, 100% youth-driven, but that look for ways to incorporate and teach and expose kids to new ways of thinking and learning and doing. So everything that we look for, we look for that this is something that a youth leader or multiple youth leaders can be involved in, that they can be a part of the process. You know, Daylene is involved with several of our services, whether it be the pantry, and then also we do events for a shelter for unhoused mothers and babies. So it's always something that has a youth component. And we really do look for stuff that's New York City-based, that's helping the most vulnerable in ways that we can. You know, we're a small kind of boutique organization. So we look for ways that we can help that's achievable for us and also with, with the kids. So we really do believe, I, I think that the grassroots movements are the way to galvanize universal change. You know, there's so many like amazing activists that we've been inspired by. Uh, and I remember like the kids wrote about Grace Lee Boggs in one of our newsletters. And she's someone that came from big, you know, big movements. And then at the end of her activist career, started like a camp for kids and she has amazing quotes about how she really came to believe that this kind of like one-on-one grassroots movements were really how change happens. So I think that that's also something that inspires us, you know, looking for ways where we can make really meaningful connections with people Mm. that need help and connections with communities that are looking for help. And that both the adult leaders and the youth leaders can be a part of that.
1: I appreciate your comments and I agree with them. You know, what was so humbling and so inspiring about being part of this industry was that even though the restaurants and the hotels and the bars themselves were facing enormous challenges to their business, uh, business owners, employees, everyone affiliated with them were really in a very challenging and tenuous position. They made it a point to be focused on giving and having a positive impact and thinking about others. And I really loved being a part of that. And it's one of the more inspiring and cherished memories I have to really show that no matter what's going on, you can always think about someone else and you always have something to be grateful for and you can have an impact. The second thing you're saying, and I'd love to dovetail this and get Daleen's thoughts, is as I was listening to you, Danielle, and you're talking about grassroots movement and how that can have the biggest impact, I'm thinking of a book that I actually just finished by Martin Luther King Jr. called Stride, which chronicled the Montgomery bus boycott. And what was so incredible about that book to me was in addition to the historical impact that was achieved in that— It required, on the part of Dr. King and others, such organizational talent, such execution, such leadership skills. I mean, if you even think about it from the perspective of a business or anything else, I mean, how do you take a situation where you want to change a wrong, you have no money, the legal system is against you, the people you're looking to lead are some of the most vulnerable and and economically disadvantaged in the community— And yet you're going to take that hand and turn it around and change the world, as you were talking about. And nothing was more grassroots than that. And so that leads me to my question for you, Dalene, which is, as a youth leader, in what ways do you find that the skills or the experiences that you're getting are translating into making you a more effective person in other areas of your life, whether it's academically or otherwise? Do you feel that the lessons that you're learning also are translating into making you a more formidable or well-rounded or, or effective person in other areas of your life?
0: So I definitely do, I feel like, the skills of communication, organization, and just planning ahead, like managing your time. I feel like those are three key skills that i definitely learned throughout being a part of a food organization and being a youth leader, especially after the pandemic hit. We had the food pantry every Saturday so we really had to work together with whoever we had we had to make sure we had enough food to feed as many people that were coming we were getting hundreds of people every week and then we switched over to like two times a a month so I feel like those three skills have really helped me develop into a more mature person and a person who feels like she can take on any challenge that comes her way even though something may feel difficult to me I feel like I can surpass that challenge with the skills I've learned throughout service and with imagine society especially communication I feel like we all do a good job working together and sending emails sending texts or just calling each other and making sure everything is okay and even when we feel like things are short we still make it work you know
1: I think that's very clear and that's very powerful. And in my experience in life daily and I think communication and the ability to communicate with others is probably the most important skill certainly in the realm of business and when you're working with people and I would obviously say in any other organization and that's a very clear and and you know impactful description of the skills that you're learned. One of the things that I so appreciate about what What you are doing at the Imagine Society and other organizations do is because I, like a lot of people, you know, I I have the desire and the impulse to want to serve. I want to have a positive impact in the world around me. You know, it's not just about self gratification or whatever. That's not what my life is about. But if you don't have people who create organizations, then no one has an ability to execute. And I think that's one of the things that I'm always mindful of when I participate with any organization, because people are always very appreciative and grateful and they thank you and they're always thankful to their donors. But I always view it that I'm the one that owe you guys the thanks because, but for you guys creating these vehicles, you know, you can have all the great impulses in the world and the great desires. There's There's a saying, one deed is worth a thousand sighs. And so I and want to take this moment to thank you. I would also want to ask you a question, Danielle, which is, you say that the Imagine Society has been able to expand its reach over the past 18 months because of the circumstances that arose, which I think is phenomenal. At the same time, obviously, we're now in a situation where we can have these face-to-face interactions and, and have these events where you can impact people. Do you envision a situation where as the reach of the Imagine Society grows and you're working with youth from around the country, that they will be doing their own events? I know you had said you were focused in New York, but could you see this becoming something that you see things popping up throughout the country?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really part of the dream, certainly. Whether it's under the umbrella of the Imagine Society's it's, name, it's planting seeds so that that people, adults and kids, in their own way, do service and volunteer and all of the wonderful things that we're doing, I mean, yeah, and that, that would be extraordinary. And we've seen it on smaller levels already. I mean, we became friends with a family in Canada, the Phantoms And just because they've been, you know, looking for an opportunity, this this mother and her four kids and her husband, a way to volunteer and to help. She helps her community in Canada, but she's donated her time and and financially to the Imagine Society, and she's an incredibly generous person. And even in her own, when we've spoken, has said that it's encouraged her to continue to grow and to, you know, her service and her kids and their, you know, journey and doing service and and being kind of caring human beings in the world. And she built her own company where she donates 50% of the profits to the most vulnerable. And so in some ways, it's almost happening a little bit. And I think, it's you know, the more that, that those moments can happen and grow and build, the exciting it is. Another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about, too, which is, you know, when we talk about, like, what's so wonderful about the Imagine Society is children really, like, young people really have the ability, I feel, personally, to see the world for what it is, right? They're not kind of tied up in the day-to-day sort of adult responsibilities and, you know, worries and stressors. and there's something really amazing about, you know, a child and a young person's perspective. Like they, I feel like they can not only like see the world for what it is, but see injustice and say that like, you know, things like that. But I think that when it's communicated from a young person, you can't help but be moved by it and move to do your own service and to do your own like compassionate work to help your community and, it's just, I think, really just uniquely exciting about it. And hearing Baileen speak, I mean, she's such like, a, we're so proud of her. She's just like such a, you know, a success story and such like an incredible young person. And to see her grow and be able to communicate the stuff that she's not only learned that will help her on her journey of life as a, you know, as an adult, but also as someone that has, is now committed to service. It's just extraordinary.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, something I had mentioned before, which is that, you know, social media is so powerful. It's powerful in the realm of business. We use it. It's powerful in the realm of people's lives. And I think a lot of times with younger people, social media is utilized or consumed with content that is meant to portray uh, flamboyant, superficial life that evokes feelings of depression and and unpleasant feelings because you're looking at these images on social media, which are really most times not reality. They're just curated or created images to evoke a reaction. But the flip side of that and the beauty of social media is when you have entities such as yours or individuals who use it to spread a message that's positive and inspiring and impactful – it's an amazing tool, and it leads me to a question I have for you, Daleen, which is what type of reaction do you get from your your colleagues and classmates when they – because you are, as Danielle said, you're extremely impressive as I'm listening to you. My question is when they learn that you're a youth leader in this organization and what you're involved in, what type of reaction do you get from your fellow classmates – towards you? Are they are they inspired? Do they ask questions about joining? Because I think people are drawn to confidence and execution and all of these things that you're conveying. But I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. They
0: are actually really inspired and moved when I tell them about the organizations and about everything the Magic Society does with us as well as everything I do in general with other organizations. They are drawn to learning more about it and wanting to just, you know, be a part of it or come with me and help me and actually do service with me. I've been a part of the service since I was in seventh grade and I'm now a freshman in college. So when I tell people that, they're really drawn to knowing what strikes me about service that I'm so passionate about. And I feel like that's what means the most to me, that people want to learn more about it and seeing that I've come so far and it's taken a lot of lessons, but I feel like it's really benefited me as a person and it's something that I want to continue throughout college and as an adult in general. And just bringing more people into this service world, I feel like really makes me happy and makes my heart warm because everyone working together just goes a long way. Like I feel like we can all help each other. There's all lessons we can teach each other. There's all skills we can teach one another.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think that's so true. And I think there's an old saying also words from the heart enter the heart. And you could say that from speaking and social media and videos and everything. And I think people, and especially after what we've been through over the last 18 months, people are really craving meaning and authenticity Mm -hmm. and, you know, because we saw, you know, you could have the most flashy sneakers, the most flashy cars, the most flashy, whatever it is, people weren't leaving the house for a year. So what does it all mean? Right. But if you can get out in the world and have a positive impact, not just on people you're helping, but working with youth people and inspiring them, that's what it's really all about. And so my last question to you, Danielle, is I really believe and I hope that what we've been through is going to be a lasting force for people's perspective to be altered a little bit. And I think the timing of your organization starting in 2018 and being where we are now is important. Do you agree with me or do you think, and and you know, honestly, do you think people are just going to slip back into their old ways or... Do you think that people have been sort of changed by this in a way where there's going to always be or hopefully will be a greater element of service? Because I definitely see it with a lot of people I do business with that I would say that something has changed and it'll be lasting for the better. But I would love to know your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I certainly hope so, too. I mean, I do believe in times of crisis, you know, we've seen throughout history is it brings out. Some incredible qualities of people and communities. And I can speak for myself that I'm going to be forever changed by the pandemic and by being involved in the Imagine Society before and during and through it and after. And I think that it feels to me and the people that I speak to, the people that I meet like yourself, and the new connections that we make is that there are a lot of people that will be Forever change and hold in their heart the kind of lessons and the memories of what matters most and how reaching out to your neighbor when they're in need is important and being grateful for what you have and grateful for sharing. It feels like, I mean, I certainly hope it creates some sort of a sea change for the better and that it takes people a little bit outside of this kind of very internal life that we've all become used to and see the world around us and how delicate and fragile life can be and and how it's important to value it and value your community. And I know, like I said, I know I'll be forever changed by it. And I will always want to keep those lessons going and keep building and doing service and getting kids and other adults involved to kind of keep that movement
1: going. Absolutely. I think if people can keep in the forefront of their mind gratitude and some level of service, because at the end of the day, you know, and, and I, you know, just speaking for myself, you know, thank God I have the opportunity and do stuff and, you know, have a family and I'm very blessed. But the truth of the matter is, is there's nothing more gratifying than being in alignment. I'm speaking for myself here to being in alignment with God and serving and, the best way you can do that is to take action to benefit other people, particularly when they're down on their luck or particularly when somebody's in need. So Daylene, my last question for you is, because I'm so impressed listening to you, you mentioned you're a freshman in college. I would just love to know what your goals are for the next five to 10 years and how they've been shaped by what you've learned in your involvement with the Imagine Society and service. I feel
0: like my goals for the next five to 10 years is, expanding my passion for service looking for different service types that I can help as well as still being committed to the Imagine Society and my own youth group I feel like potentially maybe I want to create my own youth group or just create like a group of adults who would like to do service and by using my skills I want to continue to inspire people and continue to Uh, make goals for myself and really achieve my goals with the skills because one thing that I forgot to mention was patience. I feel like this whole servicing has taught me a lot about patience. You know, you can feel very overwhelmed sometimes, but you have to believe that you can get through it and it will be okay in the end. There's a lot of things in this world that it's hard to believe that you can make a change, but you really can If you just put your mind to it and you have the right surroundings with you, I feel like the Imagine Society has been my backbone as well as my own youth group. So they've really gotten me through with the hard days, the overwhelming days with so many people. But for the next five to ten years, I really hope to
1: just continue that. That's awesome. So, Danielle, can you let our audience know if people want to learn more about the Imagine Society or get in touch with you guys? How would they do that?
0: Absolutely. Well, you can follow us on Instagram at The Imagine Society. And also often on our uh, Instagram, we will talk about service events upcoming, ways that you can help. And then we also have a website, TheImagineSociety.org, where we publish our newsletter. We talk about upcoming events, upcoming services that we have and other ways that you can help with the other organizations that we are thankful to be a part of and work with.
1: Well, I just want to say that it's really been an honor and a pleasure to speak with both of you. And I know a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs as well of being in the hospitality space. And I can tell you that just as you want to build a solid foundation for your business at the very beginning, it's my opinion that a part of that foundation must be service and community. It just is, and I I could give so many stories and reasons and personal benefits that I've gotten from having that philosophy, but there's really nothing better that I've ever experienced anyway to know that you're not just in it for yourself. And so for people that are entrepreneurs and just starting out, something to think about if you can forge relationships early on with great organizations like the Imagine Society or others and grow with them, incredibly rewarding. Danielle, Daleen, this has been an absolute pleasure. And I so appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with me today. And I wish you much continued success with the Imagine Society. It's, it's phenomenal what you're doing. And just very much want to say thank you.
0: Thank you. And thank, thank you. you. And thank you, Stephen and Wilco, for your partnership with us. And it's been inspiring to even speak with you over the past couple of weeks to see your commitment. It's just wonderful.
1: Well, I thank you. I thank you again. And I hope you guys have a great day. And it was a pleasure speaking with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You too.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The
0: Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about Woolco Foods or Stephen Toberoff, Please visit us at woolcofoods.net.